0: And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 196. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Hey, Matt. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Oh, just uh, just living the dream.
1: Standard military answer.
0: That's right. Yeah. Because, technically, nightmares are dreams. Absolutely. So, good, bad, indifferent? <laughs> a dream is still a dream, no matter how bad or good it is. Um for those listening you may have noticed that uh Treg is not with us uh, there is a a family emergency that popped up a few minutes before we started recording so we're going to send his family all our best we'll let him talk about whatever he wants to talk about but also today good news from the Wilson household his uh his daughter is going to have a son so that's his third grandchild It's a, it's going to be a boy so congratulations to tregg his daughter and everybody in the family just great news all around for that
1: maybe it's a future draft pick uh
0: i believe tregg said that it's a 2030 draft pick so let's let's hope it well 2030 that's nine years that yeah. doesn't make sense Trey can't, Trey.
1: Trey can't do math. <laughs> unless, that, unless that kid's been incubating for a while.
0: <laughs> mm, it, it is Treg's grandson. So if it takes after him at all, it, that poor child might be hatched. While taking a selfie.
1: Uh, this could be a whole 30 minute conversation. So we should probably move on to hockey. news.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So this episode, we're going, we've got a lot to cover. There's a ton of stuff that's happened. Um, except for one thing, you know, winning hockey games. So the Canadians are 0 for 4. They've put it, They put up two stinkers, one against San Jose, one against Buffalo. Um, we'll talk a little bit about leadership, changes in the lineup. Um, Kotkiniemi is going to be coming into town. As we record, it's Wednesday, the, 20, uh, the 20th of October. So tomorrow night, Carolina's coming into town and KK is going to be with them. So we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, some Bergevin talk, and we'll touch a little bit on the long-term injury reserve. So we'll just start with the 0-4 record. So the Canadians Stanley Cup hangover, and I might point out that uh, whether you win or lose the Stanley Cup, you end up drinking. So they it, the hangover is real. Um, and they are, oh, they're so bad the first start of the season. So um Matt what are what are your thoughts for the beginning of this season?
1: I think we're seeing a team that's really lacking in identity and I think with that that uh you can say the same thing about the fan base. You had a team as you said that went to the Stanley Cup final, they were three games away from taking it all and uh with the changes to their lineup most people expected the team to take a step back while others looked at the changes that were made, looked at some of the personnel that were made, looked at some of the guys that were going to come in for a full season. Um, you know, Romanov uh, taking the next step, um, Cole Caulfield being in for his rookie campaign, et cetera. And, uh, and thought this team could at least, you know, be a playoff team. Right now, this team is, it's, it's so many holes and it's, it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of good players on this team that just don't seem to be putting any effort in whatsoever. And there's no, there's no drive. There's no efforts. And when there is, it's too late in the game.
0: You think it looks kind of like a, uh, like a hangover, like they're, they, they had basically one month of training and half a lot of the time off between the cup final and training camp, was them recovering from the playoffs I mean even Tampa Bay is having a hard go yep. and they've got generational talents on their squad so yep. how much of this um, poor start and this lack of finish do you put on that's that that kind of a hangover you know this the slow start because they I, were, can,
1: I can see a little bit of it just because yeah. they went so far into the into the uh, into the summer. The only other thing that I didn't really like about this is this group never really got a, a good chance to mesh yeah. because of the injuries that they've had, the injuries that they still have. And the fact that they're, uh, they're, training camp. They really, they, they, in my opinion, they kept some guys around a little bit too long and you didn't, yeah. you didn't, you didn't start to see the lines develop as we see them right now until later on, until like, say the last week or so. And they were still like nothing against say like Jack guy who got a, who got a con uh, who got a contract out of, uh, out of camp, but they probably could have made that decision a little bit later on. They knew the guy wasn't going to make the training. He wasn't going to make the team at a training camp. True. Right. There was a few other, then there was a few other pieces. Um, But as I said, right now you're seeing a team that like when we talked in the off, in the off season, and we said that these skilled wingers would be able to come in, and which they have. They've got you know you got Drew Anderson Hoffman who's now back, who I thought looked really good yesterday. Um, you got Gallagher to Foley Caulfield, and then you got two defensive guys um, that can chip in with some offense and Leckin and Armia. The 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 center ice position so far has it's kind of went against the way way we were thinking that the wingers were going to be able to shelter these set these young centers
0: yeah but they're not playing well enough to be able to do that
1: that's exactly it what and a lot of people right now are saying or you know wanting uh do charm's head on a platter but you yeah. look at you look at um uh, you know maybe maybe systems aren't working with this group right now but right, right now nothing is really working with this group but the to the people that are saying that they want ducharme's head on a platter this is a guy they just went to the stanley cup final they signed him they took the interim tag off they signed him to an extension this is bergeman's guy he's not gonna fire his rookie coach out especially after letting somebody like bouchard walk
0: yeah so four here's games, a guy, in, like four games said, into the season yeah. Like you said, he made the cup final with uh, this, is the coach that took him to the cup final. They've lost four games and, and you're, you're already cutting bait and running. No, that's not going to fly, especially they're still paying Julian. Yeah. So Claude Junier is still under contract. He's still getting paid. Uh, Ducharme's getting a, th- he's got a three-year deal. So they're not going to pay a third coach on top of that. It's yeah. not happening. So what I do feel though, is part of the reason, um, is ducharme this was clearly ducharme's first camp that he was running and you can tell that he he didn't focus enough on building that chemistry like you like you mentioned these guys needed more time as a as a group to gel and the preseason would have been perfect for it so instead of keeping 60 guys 45 guys they kept
1: too many guys too long
0: too many guys no offense
1: to some of these guys like like Dauphin and uh, Belzell and these guys, like these are guys that you likely would have known that were going to LaValle.
0: So instead of keeping all these guys, what he should have been doing at least the last three games of the, uh, the preseason was pare it down to say 25. And then you're running three, maybe three and a half of your line. So three lines complete and two pairings complete. And you're starting goaltender. You give them a couple of games together the kind of gel so they they would have had a better start they would have more time to to build that chemistry whereas instead he had one line together in a game and then another line together in a game they didn't have that that complicit the complicity where they would work together so they they weren't able to build on that so that's i think that's one of the major reasons why the team has started off slowly the hangover clearly is a problem but that right there, the way the camp was run, I think, is the bigger reason.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, you're going to look at personnel changes. You have to look yeah. at who's there now. you got to look at, I know we're going to get into the lines, but the, the usage of some of the players so far, I, I mm-hmm. think there's been some guys that have played relatively well individually. Yeah. However, it takes more than one guy in a line to put the puck in the net usually.
0: Yeah. I, I find that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the guys, they're, they're trying to do too much. They're yep. they're trying to take it on to themselves and try and do more for the team, which is admirable. Yep. But they're they're ending up. It's counterintuitive. By doing more, it it, it ends up doing less. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. It, it's kind of it's like I said counterintuitive, but simplifying the game so you can work together, I think will <laughs> would work better.
1: Yeah. And we've had some surprises. Like we nobody knew Kerry Price was going to miss the first of the season. No. They they, you know, the the ones that did were thinking maybe his knee wasn't going to be up snuff and he wouldn't be able to be back in the lineup. However, we saw videos of him doing some skating, et cetera. And it looked like even if he did miss a game or two that he would be back. Then everything yeah. happened with the uh with the um player assistance program and we know that we're going to be missing them now for at least another probably three weeks yeah um then you've got joel evanston and his injury and now his injury even though he's starting to feel better um, it was announced today that uh, they're giving him time away from the team to deal with uh, his uh father having cancer which is an thing. an admirable thing to do from the organization they could yeah. have they could have hit the panic button and say, "Look, we need you here," but you know what? Family's more important.
0: And we we send our we send our best wishes to the Edmondson family. Uh, you know, we've all been touched by cancer, so none of us want to see. We all want to see a positive outcome, but it's good that he is getting that time with his family. Absolutely, but,
1: and I think that he's once he is back, yeah, and um, I think it's going to bring a little bit more stability to that defense these defensive pair
0: oh absolutely we're gonna get into the line changes here in a, in a second but i wanted to point the, uh, to point at something that uh, it's been kind of nagging at me uh, today bergevin had a little press conference yeah. an impromptu one that was not expected yep yeah. and when he was talking about uh joel edmondson taking time out to go see his family family first you know he's saying he's saying all the right things but it makes me. I'm kind of wondering: is it part of the idea, yeah, you're supporting your guys, but at the same time, he he's not going to make any moves to help the team. So is this kind of a um, a by accident one year tank? The way things are working out, it's not I just can't, I, I can't, I can't, I can't see it.
1: it. I can't really see it like that. He also made a comment saying that I'm not going to panic and make a trade. Because I've got a bunch of players right now that I know that can play well. And right
0: now they're not. Is he also not going to panic and make a trade because he knows he's leaving at the end of the year.
1: He also made the comment and said that he wanted to stay in a perfect world. So
0: perfect world.
1: Right. So there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, gray area there. Let's just say that, but you know what? I'm, I I'm with him. I don't really think that right now he does need to panic and make a trade. Um, However, there is a name out there and I know you've spoke about it and I've brought it up a couple of times and we've talked a little bit about it and that's Dylan Strome. And uh, this is a guy that can't get into the lineup in Chicago. He's on a one-year deal, 3 million bucks, his natural center. He's a former third overall pick. He's got an offensive, you know, pedigree, et cetera. The only thing is, 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 is the money and um, what it would take and who would you have to move. And there would be the, um, he, didn't say it would be, and,
0: he, he did say it would be money in money out if you were to make a deal.
2: That's so, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and if you think about it, this strong, wasn't something I thought would be brought up, but I, I like that you did. Um, when you think about the dynamic that the Canadians had last year, you had Nick Suzuki yeah. uh, doing his thing and he's still here <clears throat> and he's, he's having a difficult start, but again, he's someone who can bring that two way game and some offense uh, last year. It was, phil Deneau, who was doing a hard matchups and in return this year dvorak playing yeah. that role yeah the role that's missing right now is the cut piece the third yeah. the, the third line center someone yeah. who could not necessarily
1: cockney we'll just no, bring that
0: <laughs> exactly he, he didn't exactly bring a lot of offense last year but he right. the fact that he was there and that they had to respect his offensive abilities yeah meant that they had to take some away from Suzuki, they had to take some away from Deneau. So there's that that piece that's missing. So a guy like Strom can easily fit in yep. to that role. Yep. I mean his face-offs are about the same as what Katkinemi's was. Yeah, his high forties,
1: high forties, yeah. High 40s. But he's got a better offensive ceiling. Exactly. More, and yeah. if you and if you put him with and we've talked about this as well, yeah. the fact that you've got more wingers to plug in you're not you're not dealing with say guys that should be on the fourth line being on the second or third line like they have um six wingers right now that you can plug in on the top on the top three lines so say if you did bring in a guy like Strom, you would probably have gallagher with them you would probably have someone maybe like to foley with them you might even have someone like caulfield with them who knows
0: yeah yeah if they'll, and we'll get to the lines here in a minute as well Got but it. if i if i were if i were the gm if i were burgvin right now other than looking at myself in the mirror and fixing my hair i would be looking at a puck moving defenseman first and foremost yeah. because yeah. in watching the four games as as much as things are a little bit off i think having a little bit more mobility in the back end to clear the zone to launch the transitional play would be more beneficial for this team had there been someone um more capable i mean i love romanov i i see the potential in him but he's in his second year and and you can tell that he's he's another one that's trying to do too much and by doing trying too hard he's missing assignments he's missing he's missing these plays he's not he doesn't have that swagger that he used to have because of that so this whole team
1: could say that though. Yeah, this whole team's missing yeah. that swagger, or mojo, whatever the hell you want to call it, yeah. that worked so well together to make them the team that went to the Stanley Cup final.
0: And I think that has a lot to do with the lost leadership. I, I know there's Gallagher that's still there. Suzuki's got a good voice for a young man. Um, Byron's still around the club. He's just hurt. He's not on the ice. But losing Carey Price who's away from the club right now for his own reasons and the bigger loss is shea weber the swagger that comes with having you know the uh, the hockey daddy you know like you got hockey daddy there who's he he exudes leadership and respect and when you look to him there's that there's an aura there's not, yeah. there's not a, that natural leadership. There's not a lot of people that have that. He had it. He has yeah. it, yeah. but it's not there now. So that that kind of leaves a giant vacuum and nobody knows who's going to fill what. Yeah. So there's confusion
1: for me. It's the, uh, it's the on ice presence of Carrie price.
0: There's that too. Yeah. The puck right. handling, the, the confidence.
1: It's he doesn't even have to do anything. He can just be no. in the game and they know that he's got their back that they might be able to pinch a little bit more. They might be able to, you know, they might be able to, uh, you know, make the bad play to take a penalty because they know that he's probably going to get bailed in.
0: They can cheat on the play a little bit, knowing they have someone there. If anyone's ever. And and that's
1: nothing against, that's nothing against Allen. No, the game so far that they've lost, that Allen's lost. Definitely not on it.
0: But that's the difference. Allen's a good goalie. He's a very good goaltender. He is, he's solid. He he's, but Carrie price is a hall of famer. He is an exceptional goaltender. He brings, he, he doesn't exude that leadership like, like Shea Weber does, but what he does is he creates that sense of confidence on the it's a, ice. It's a safety net. Exactly. It's, yeah. So there's that, that's a big factor. It's, it's and those the, intangibles.
1: And, and I'm wondering if, if carry price moving into the, or going into the player assistance program, what kind of ripple effect that's had throughout the locker
0: room? Yeah. And they, you know, honestly, if like you and I, we, we work in the, we we're in the military. We We yeah. know that we know people who have dealt with mental health issues, yeah. such as myself with PTSD. Yeah. When one of our, our mates has a problem like this, and you didn't know about it it, it, it hits you a little bit harder because you're you're wondering, what did I miss? Did I did I how how much attention am I actually paying to my friend? How did I miss this? So there's there's that effect too. Yep. Um so there's there's those issues. Uh, now barring obviously there's not gonna be any changes in the lineup in the next couple of days. So they went and they made some lineup changes. Uh, notably Hoffman and Gallagher have moved up to the second the second line with Suzuki because the Deno line Deno (laughs) Dvorak line is the top line right now Uh, and on the third line Perot moves to center taking Evans's spot for some reason and on his wings he has Toffoli and Caulfield. Caulfield getting demoted to the third line seems a bit odd to me.
1: I find it a bit odd just based on the fact that you put Perot there and yeah. you know, nothing against Perot, but he's a fourth line guy at best right now. He does show some flashes. He shows a little bit of uh, tenacity around the net. However, he was a guy that was going to be more in my opinion, he was going to be more of a 13th forward than anything.
0: Yes. And he hasn't played a lot of center in the last few years. No, it, it makes me wonder what's going on with Jake Evans because this that uh, winger combination would work much better with the speed of Jake Evans.
1: Yeah, but that's what I'm seeing right now is I'm seeing still a glaring hole at center. If even yeah. if because he's, in a perfect world, Evans is on a fourth line like he is right now with Armia and Lackinen. However, yes. Perot is not at third center. In a in a perfect world, you would have had you know the Kakaniemi plug be in there. But the thing is, Dvorak didn't come in to replace Kakaniemi, he came in to replace Phil Deneau, which still left that hole. And we talked about this a little bit. We threw some names out there. Eric Stahl's name came up, a couple other people came up. But right now they said we're gonna go with what we've got. But this whole team, as I said, as a whole, isn't going. So maybe, no. maybe having Evans down there is going to do something for that fourth line. However, it makes more sense to have them with Caulfield and tofoley as yeah, opposed and, to.
0: And that three, that three C hole uh, is a big reason why Paling had all kinds of looks. He and, did. He did. And I covered, I covered the Laval uh, Laval Rocket game so far. Uh, I covered them for recruits. You can check out my uh, my game reports on recruits.ca. Uh, and Paling had himself a monster first game, like absolutely amazing first game, hard on the puck, skating well, setting up his teammates, doing all the things on the power play, penalty kill, everything. In the second game against Belleville, he goes and he gets a cross check in the back of the head, and now he, he might miss a few games with concussion there's there's no luck for this kid yeah i think that's that three c hole though uh that's why he got the looks and that's that's where they were hoping he would be able to fill in for cod kenyemi and he couldn't or they didn't want they felt that it would stunt his growth or whatever the decision was made to send him back down but that hole's still there Yeah. Um, on defense. There were some changes, uh, the Sherrod Savard pairing was mercif- mercif- <laughs> mercilessly murdered off. And thank goodness for that, because as much as they're good for a shutdown pair, to make them a regular five on five pairing, when your, your team is built for transition is a bad, bad thing. So Sherrod um, and Weidman are being paired together. And Romanov is paired with Savard on a third pairing. Um, I don't know if, I don't think that, you know, one, two, three really matters, but you have Kulak and Petrie, Sherratt and Weidman and Romanov with Savard. That gives more of a balance in my opinion on the blue line, providing puck movers on every single pairing. And in the case of Romanov, it gives him a veteran presence who can give him some leeway to use his mobility, take a chance and throw that hit or make a play up ice
1: that's a line that we've kind of been talking about since the start of the year that we yeah. wanted to that we wanted to see together at the start of the year
0: yeah as a second pairing
1: But right now the only player that right now in defense it's really jumping into the rushes
0: art, so. <laughs> and you can i, I know that uh, he made a few a few errors but again it's errors of someone who's trying to do more than he, he should, he's trying to do too much. And here's another guy who he's going through the hangover as well, because he was on Tampa Bay last season. So he won the Stanley cup and he comes to this, he comes to Montreal with that hangover on top of that. He's a local, he's got the new contract. You know, he, he's got all those added little, all those little added pressures on top. So the adjustment period is not quite there, especially as I mentioned before, that uh, the lack of a a better structured preseason to build those that chemistry wasn't there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, even though they've balanced out the puck movers a little bit, I still think, still, <laughs> Edmondson would truly upgrade this entire blue line. Because then you'd move Kulak down a pairing, you'd move, you'd move Wideman off the lineup altogether. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be and, Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, Weidman has shown up and he has played better than expected. But the bar for his expected uh, the expected level of play for him was so low that you couldn't really disappoint because he was expected yeah. to be a seventh D-man anyway.
1: Yeah. But someone that was going to provide a little bit more, um, say, oomph to the power play. And so far cool. the whole power play in a whole as a whole has just been atrocious. It has
0: been a whole. Yeah. <laughs> and, but is, in his defense, he does have one-third of all of Montreal's goals this year. That's very true. <laughs>
1: uh, he has he has more goals than every forward other than Drush, Jonathan drew Yeah and who exactly.
0: has the other two? That, yeah yeah but that's a that's a thing this, they're all trying to do too much. the penalty uh, the penalty kill has done nothing it, it's it's what about sixty percent which is know. atrocious.
1: I just say they take a penalty they're probably going to get scored yeah. on.
0: the power play. Hasn't scored a goal yet.
1: May as well punch someone in the mouth after you take it after after they, after they get a call or tell the tell the ref something about his mother or something, you know, take the unsportsman.
0: Tell Joe, I miss her. Who's Joe? Joe mama.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) And there's two, but yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, they're trying to do too much. They take too many penalties. The penalty kills, not doing enough. The power play is not scoring. Although it's starting to actually provide zone time and some shots on net. Like Caulfield rang one off the crossbar in the last game against San Jose. So I did,
1: I I did, I did see, I did like what I saw from Hoffman and uh, we saw that, uh, you know, he, he threw some shots, he threw some hits. He was, he looked like he was hungry to be in his first game. Yeah. So I'm hoping that they can kind of, um, Use that as as a little bit of ammo. Use that as a kind of a, not necessarily a special weapon, but use that new presence of a new player in the lineup to take the next step. And we're looking at if there's any team right now that you want to get that you want to beat to get out of your funk is Carolina.
0: And just lo and behold, here they come tomorrow yeah. night. So they show up and. I know there's this little made up rivalry on social media between yeah. all six Canes fans and much all the Montreal fans. And I say all six Canes fans, because they've been, there's only about six of them that have been adding our, uh, <laughs> our podcast account over and over and over again yeah. with that picture of Kotkaniemi with his number four in the air. Yeah, well, whatever. And that's
1: how much, the, how many more millions he's making than what he should
0: yeah or what line he's playing on yeah but and that brings me to my question that i'm going to ask is it okay for canadians fans to boo Kanyemi when he comes in tomorrow night
1: absolutely there's going to be there's going to be people that are going to do it there's going to be people that are going to cheer for him they might do a video montage they might do whatever don't be surprised if he gets booed because there are going to be the fans that are going to look at him and say you had an opportunity to stay. You were drafted. This is your year that you were going to get the opportunity to has gone, et cetera, et cetera. You decided to take the money and run. Fuck yeah. You know, there's going to be people that are going to do that. Although there's going to be people that are going to be part of the, you know, cockany, and fan club that are going to, that are going to be like, Oh, that's mint. He's back. And, you know, cheer, cheer, cheer every time he touches the puck. Yeah. You know, as I said, like, Cockney Emmy's not the team anymore. He can go 82 games without scoring. Does not bother me at all.
0: Now, I asked this on, um, on, on ILTI. Uh, there's a new app uh, where you can put out 15 second uh, clips. Uh, you check out our, our, uh, the podcast, the Habs Unfiltered uh, Twitter account. You'll see a few of them. Now, I asked, I mentioned that there's a lot of pearl clutchers, you know, where there's those Kotkaniemi fans are saying, you better not boo my boy. He, he didn't, he left only because he had to, but no, he did not have to, he, but he we took the to. money and
1: he went to another team. That is the only reason he That's did right. not go there for the playing time. He did not go there for
0: more opportunity
1: more opportunity he did not go there you know you can name multiple things it was about money and money only 6.2 million dollars or whatever the hell he got signed for that is the reason that he went he's done fuck all since he's been to carolina other than be right still but he's done fuck all since he's been there um all he's been is just a face on their social media page and you know, a thorn in our uh, social media profile right now on Twitter with all the people, you know, commenting on pictures of them and
0: everything like that. Now, and that, that brings me to, I truly believe that this was a complete revenge ploy. They didn't care one way or the other no, if Kopenemi turned out well or not. Exactly. This is just a billionaire's play toy yep. to get back at another billionaire for daring to sign a player now in this case the player signed and he left so you know this was this was the player's choice to leave it's not like he was traded no it's not like uh he was not offered a contract he chose to sign a contract somewhere else so for those who are saying hey don't boo him that's wrong i'm sorry but this is this is sports these are fans and to them he yeah. chose to spurn them, flip yeah. them the bird and leave yeah. no matter, no matter the reason why he chose to leave yeah. to the fans that are going to boo him. It's that he made the call he left and he left them.
1: Yeah. So. I'll say it this way. PK Suba. PK, yeah. P.K. Suba loves Montreal. Yeah. PK Suba was traded for Shea Webb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which was a very good trade in my opinion for the Canadians. Sure. However, Take Weber out of the picture. Subban was very loved by the fans. Still is. Still is. However, there's still the group of people that are going to boo him.
0: Yes, but in his case, he right. was traded away. And he, didn't he was, but he yeah, but,
1: it, But he was traded. Yeah. Right. And you can look at players throughout that have left, that have then come back. Uh, Patra, ready? Fucking Gila Fleur. Gila Fleur, there were there were times that Guy Lafleur scored and the fans were for another team and the fans were cheering for him because they loved the guy so much.
0: Oh, I remember distinctly because I was at the right? game and I right? cheered so, for G.
1: So <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it kind of hurt because he was wearing <laughs> <in> Nordiques jersey. <laughs> but that's the thing. He was he was so beloved and he He basically got forced out. Yeah. So yeah, there's no, there's none of this. He chose to leave us stuff. There's none of that. It's he was traded or he was forced to retire or whatever it was. When they come back, yay.
1: Yeah. End of the end of the day, opportunity was there for Cockney. I mean, he took the money and ran. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: It was a total. It's a good business decision on his part, but at the same time, fans are not gonna look at it that way. So, it's more
1: likely going to price himself out of the market and probably end up in another league, or he's going to take a league minimum
0: contract somewhere. But, whatever happens from this point on happens. Right. But exactly, um, I'm not going to gatekeep how fans should act. If you no, want to cheer no, him, if you, want to cheer, cheer. If you want to
1: cheer, cheer. You want to boo him, be as loud as you want.
0: But I totally understand it. why you want to boo him. Yeah, and I can understand why you want to cheer him. You know, you you loved him here in Montreal. And now you followed him over there. Like this happened with PK Subban too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was almost he had this massive following, and a, a lot of them just decided, "To hell with the Habs, I'm going to follow the player." Yeah, people do that. Yeah, and they're going to do it with him. And they're going to do it with other players. It happens. I mean, Mayor Chakoski had a group of people that did that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know who I'm talking about, go go Google them. You'll see you'll see what I mean. Um, but yeah, so. I expect the booing.
1: I do too. There'll be some. There'll be some. Oh, yeah. I
0: I do <laughs> what I do like to, what I want to see though is I want to see some kind of a uh, a special video tribute <laughs> to Kotkin <clears throat> But it's all it's all video scenes of him falling down. <laughs> and, and they they do some kind of a thing that adds up to the number 15. Or it's yeah. just a picture of Niku or something. But
1: you know, you know they're going to be, they're <laughs> they're a classy organization. They're going to keep it oh, yeah.
0: classy. Of right? That, if this is the good. other way,
1: right? If it was the other way around, I'm sure Carolina would do something like that. It was a big, yeah. piece of shit. But other than that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that that's, that's kind of what I was getting at. I, I was going to say that that's a Carolina type of thing, right, not exactly. a Montreal thing. Yeah. Um. All right. So moving on from him to the guy who uh, refused to give him the money he asked for. Bergevin. So Bergevin is impromptu press conference. We, we talked a little bit about it right at the top of the show. And he mentioned um, two, two things with, uh, with Weber. He doesn't expect him to come back. He said there's a very minute chance that he ever would, but they have long-term plans for him. And the other thing that I want us to start with on this is the perfect world comment in a perfect world. He would want to remain the GM of the Canadians. Mm -hmm but what's a perfect world where people like him where he's making 12 million a year like what what is what does perfect world mean
1: i'd say he's very cryptic with, with with how he talks and he even the same thing with with how he said about weber like we know that weber's probably not going to come back and play hockey but is he going to join the team in some sort of other capacity is he just talking you know uh we have plans to continue looking after him and looking at helping look after his health. So he can, you know, walk into retirement healthy and be around his family. Like nobody knows
0: or trade him to Nashville for the cap recapture issues. Like, like these are all options for him, but for Bergevang, the perfect world stuff, like what, what's he talking about? Is he talking about family issues? Cause you know, he's where, where's, where do his kids live? do they, where does he want to be closer to them? Yep. Um, how much mo- you know is it about the money is it about not being scrutinized every time he goes to a grocery store like are those yep. what's he yep. talking about right yep. so for me and this is just my opinion I think that kind of that that kind of kiss uh, that was the kiss of death to this year and he's going to be he's a lame duck for the rest of the season I'm going to
1: see how the like it's four games in I'm going to try I know it's four I, games I, in he's I'm not getting try. fired all right, he's not going to get fired. I'm trying to look at the. I'm going to try to look at the team. I to try to look at management. I'm trying to look at everybody right now, and say you're going to hang over. There's management changes. There's um, there's been um, changes to personnel on ice, and until somebody really steps up and takes the bull by the horns and points the team in the direction that they should be going into, um, this team's going to continue to lose hockey games.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I don't expect. I'm not talking necessarily about what's going to happen this year, but I'm talking about Bergman himself, and I think maybe he's just mentally exhausted and he doesn't want to he, do it anymore. He very
1: well could, but I, and and he's, he's just going to end I, the season. But I wouldn't. I I kind of have an issue if he wasn't mentally exhausted right now because he built the he built the team to go into the year. And then all of a sudden, it's just been hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. And I'm not making any excuses for him. I'm sure. not making any for the team. But you lose Shea Weber. You lose Evanston. Hoffman doesn't start. You lose Carey Price. You lose Cockney Emmy, You aren't able to sign Phil Deneau, who signed for 500000 more than what you offered him etc. etc. Like I would like I'd be surprised if he wasn't a little bit mentally exhausted. There was all the bullshit that he that that the organization and he went through for the Logan Mayo there, Right? There hasn't yeah. been a lot of positivity pulled out of the Canadians since the Stanley Cup final.
0: No, and I think I think that this all of that his comments all of it points to him finishing off the season not signing anything. And walking off into the sunset
1: could happen. Very well could happen. There's already names out there that people think that who's going to take over.
0: And that brings me that brings another question up. Why is Molson letting this happen? I know it doesn't really affect the players on the ice. The players, most of them, would be hard pressed to give you anything about any headlines about their GM. They can care less. It's whatever's in the room is there. Yeah. But why Molson would let this go on without having some kind of a plan for the future. Because if, if you have a guy who's gone at the end of the year, no matter what, what's going, what's in the decision-making process for him to make a trade or let things happen or, 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 so you need someone at the helm that has, and Bergman, I'm not saying doesn't have the best interest long-term for the Canadians at heart, but someone who has a vested interest in that long-term someone who's going to be there to face the music during that long-term. So this is on Molson now to decide, do I let this go on or do I (laughs) finally convince him to stay? Like something's got to give.
1: Yeah, That's a conversation that the two of them are going to have.
0: Exactly. Now onto the long-term injury reserve and Shea Weber. So we talked a little bit about it here. Um, I wanted to bring up that Kucherov is hurt again. And he is immediately put onto long-term injury reserve, which makes perfect sense. It's a legitimate injury. He is hurt. I'm not, I'm not questioning this whatsoever. I don't see it as them trying to circumvent the cap. It's just what it is. It's the same guy who got hurt the year before. It's just, the optics of it, of Tampa Bay being able to just throw a guy in long-term injury reserve, no questions asked. Meanwhile, a guy like Shea Weber, who played, who's played entire years on one freaking leg, they had to scrutinize his long-term injury. So what is it about, what, what's the difference between the two? Why are they scrutinizing the Canadian-based teams and not the Sunbelt teams?
1: I'd say trying to build there- up the mar- trying to build up the markets. Who knows? It's it's hard to say. Like that's an, that's not even a that's not a question I can really answer properly. No,
0: it, it just seems a little odd. However, all the people questioned-
1: out there right now that are questioning, I questioned Kucherov last year because he likely could have joined the team in March. Probably and, right. He likely could, but they were like, "Let's just go into the playoffs," and then he's a fucking beast in the playoffs. And nobody, and nobody argued that he wasn't. Oh yeah. This year, whatever that injury was, or groin maybe, it didn't look comfortable. i just say that. And, that, and mm-hmm. I'll call it a legitimate injury.
0: Yeah, it's looking it like it's only,
1: one. but it's only going to be, yeah, it, it was a legitimate injury. Yeah. It was just the timetable of recovery. Yeah. You know, there was that <laughs> picture of, uh, of Ke- there's a, there's that gif of uh, Kevin Nash and he's in the, uh, he's in the wheelchair And and with his leg up and then all of a sudden he pulls the blanket off and gets up and walks into the ring. That's what last year was. this year (laughs) it's legit for all the people that are saying that they're just trying to circumvent the cap to get someone like Jack Eichel or anything like that. This time seems a little bit more, um, let's say realistic, and they're not going out right now and making the trades to bring up the star players or bring in somebody to fill that money. Because it's looking like he's probably going to be back. It's just going to be a few weeks. So I think they said six to 10. So, so we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. And it would be, it would be kind of funny, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like, uh, like an SM bondage, haha, funny, yeah. if they did get Eichel. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the rich get richer kind of thing. But for yeah. me, it's the, it's, the fact that they would question the integrity of someone like Shea Weber, yeah. but not even think twice about anybody else going on the long-term injury reserve. So why, why would they do that? Why would that have to be a thing? I just, it boggles my mind, but not quite as much as it boggles my mind as someone who would fake a vaccine card yeah. like Evander Kane did. Yeah. So um, 21 games for Vander Kane to me, it's not enough.
1: Yeah, it's kind of be shit. Like, you know, the guy's just, just like the negative news has been following him for years, especially this off season. And it just looked like it finally caught up to him. I, I agree. 21's probably not enough. And it's going to be very interesting to see what the Sharks even do with him If he's even going to be welcome to join the team when he, don't when he is back. I think he will.
0: I don't think he will. I mean, they can't cancel his contract. Uh, I think uh, Chris Johnson on TSN mentioned during the intermission that uh, it would be double jeopardy because he's yeah. been suspended for this act. Yeah, to cancel his contract would be punishing him twice. So you can't do that. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been the better bet for San Jose just to get rid of him because yeah. nobody on that team wants him there. Yeah, uh, the players don't like him. I mean. I don't think he wasn't popular in Winnipeg. He wasn't popular. He has not been someone that gets along with anybody else in any city he plays for. Yeah.
1: Which, you know what, is a shame on a, on a, for the player. Let's just say yeah. that for the, or for the, like, I'm not talking about the, I'm talking, I'm talking about him, but you know what? The guy does have skill.
0: He's a very good hockey player.
1: He's a very good hockey player. He's a power forward. He's a guy that you like to have in your lineup. It's just the social side of it. It's the yes. person that he is, not the player that he is. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah. And, and this is not not about the uh, the accusations made by his ex-wife yeah. or anything about that. The gambling, yeah. like yeah. the league found no substantiation, which means they did not find anything that proves him right or wrong. Yeah. So they just dropped that. but they did find that he had faked a vaccine card. Now there's players who refuse to get vaccinated like uh, like Bertuzzi in Detroit, he chose not to be vaccinated. And he is dealing with that consequence by not being able to play up in Canada, but the team is allowing him to play. There's yeah. some, con- there's something going on there. So he didn't, which is really anything.
1: weird, which is really yeah. weird because you know what? That's another conversation. A hundred percent. However, yeah. you're in a division with how many Canadian teams in it, yeah. And how many of those games are going to be played in Canada, et cetera. And Bertuzzi is one of their best offensive players.
0: He is. And he's going to be forfeiting pay for all those games. Yeah. But, it, but that, here's the thing. He has a conviction. Whether I agree with it or not, whether I think it's intelligent or not, yeah. he stuck to those. Yeah. He made a plea for himself to keep whatever work he could. And he's going with that. He didn't fake a card. He didn't make things up. He didn't, and and faking a vaccine card in the United States is a federal offense, or could be, he could be facing up to five years in prison over this, but that's neither here nor there. For me, if, for me, the biggest thing, uh, the bigger issue here is somebody placed themselves above the team. You can't do that in hockey.
1: Yeah. And, and there was all there, and there was already, there was always, or not always, there was already, um hostility there between yeah. his teammates so yeah. this is i think this is kind of icing on the cake that we're going to see him moving on and All will I he think... end up somewhere else on a mm-hmm. cheap entry-level deal like in
0: tampa Bay, carolina
1: we'll
2: see
0: <laughs> maybe next year but yeah. i think this year they're going to say go frigging home do not report yeah, to very, the minor good, leagues well. just go away we'll pay yeah. you for the year We'll buy you out in the off season. Yep. Enjoy Russia. That that's, very well. That's essentially where I think he's going to end up going.
1: Uh, could very well end up happening that way.
0: Yeah. So uh, I didn't. I don't want it to turn into a whole vaccine debate. And no, nope, uh, no, no. But it. I am mean, going to say, get vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you don't want to, and Bertuzzi didn't, he he didn't. He put himself above the team in a way but he was honest about it. He was upfront about it. He let people know what he was, what his thoughts were. So he was able to have that discussion with his teammates, but yep. so that they can have an informed consent. Whereas Kane didn't have that. He, he just, everybody on the team decided, said, we're going to do this. And he said, yep, sure. I'm in. And then stab them in the back. Yeah. So I can, this, I can totally see why none of the sharks want him there. And why the team seems to be a little bit more tight knit because they walked into Montreal hop, skipping, happy, that all that craps off their shoulders. So they, they're able to focus on hockey. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Um, that's it for the show. For the most part, Do you have any final thoughts?
1: Uh today is the 7th anniversary of the death of War Officer Pascal Nassau who was uh, uh unfortunately run down by a uh, a terrorist and uh, he lost his he lost his life in Saint-Jean so uh we're probably not going to do another show between now and the anniversary of the uh, Ottawa uh cenotaph attack so uh you know our thoughts are with uh, with the families that were involved in uh in both of those incidents and uh anyone that was involved uh in the uh in the efforts um that that led to uh the uh the aftermath of uh, of any of the uh those incidents
0: so that is warrant officer vincent and corporal cirillo were the two victims in these two separate terrorist attacks and we'll remember them we uh, we honor them if you go to the cenotaph in ottawa there is a marker there is a bronze marker there uh at the location that uh, corporal Cirillo was standing guard at the at the tomb of the unknown soldier when the attack occurred um, people may think that this this kind of thing Really, it's a rare occurrence. It doesn't happen often, but there's, there's, there has been more incidents and there have been a lot of uh, attempts on Canadian military members through, uh, over the last few years. So don't think it's isolated. Don't think it's, there's, there's a handful of people, very small handful of people that want to do harm to uh, to the country to what we stand for um and it's just a sad sad time so um i want to send out my you know it it there's it's hard to to find the words to say but we will remember our fallen.
1: i got one more thing to add before um i sign off um i just recently um Celebrate a milestone, 15 years of service, the Royal Canadian Air Force, uh, put a fresh face picture up on Twitter. If everybody saw it, um, thank you everyone for, uh, for the, for the, for the kind words, for the messages, um, for, you know, for the friends that, uh, you know, sent me pictures from basic training and stuff like that from, they said that fresh face guy that, uh, you know, 15 years later is, uh, you know uh happy still happy with uh with uh, the decision that i made that day to uh to sign the uh, sign the dotted line
0: yeah the ill-fitting suit at the swearing-in ceremony your mom yeah. took that photo uh,
1: she did she, <laughs> she did. did yeah
0: my god you looked so young yeah i mean i would have shared pictures of me being sworn in but uh those were chiseled into stone because they yeah. didn't have pictures that was... back then
1: That was the, uh, I think I, I think I honestly, I think I wore the same suit that I wore to my prom (laughs) to my swearing in ceremony and I was about 145 pounds and I'm six foot three. So
0: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Funnily, uh, funny enough. I wore my, uh, the suit I wore to my prom, I wore to my swearing in ceremony too. It was Uh, a tan tan suit with a weird looking tie. So nineties. So well, late eighties, early nineties. Wow. Um, and for me, I want to remind everybody that uh, we are selling t shirts through 514, uh, 514 shirts. Um, there are Habs Unfiltered logo on there. Uh, you'll notice our logo is a poppy, and that that is in honor of our veterans. And it, it's a nod to the service of all three of us as hosts of the show in the Armed Forces. And it's also a nod to the poem in Flanders Fields, where they took the line from you from to you from failing hands, we throw the torch be yours to hold it high that the Canadians use in their dressing room. So it's a nice, it's a nice circular tie in Uh, these shirts that we are selling through 514 shirts, um, all profits, every penny of the profits are going to go to vets Canada. Uh, Vets Canada is an organization that I I hold dear to my heart, and we we help homeless veterans get the aid that they require to get off the streets. Be it financial support, um, addictions counseling, mental health issues. There's there's a myriad of reasons why veterans fall through the cracks and end up homeless. And Vets Canada does does wonderful work in locating these people getting them the help they need and getting them back on their feet. So the money that we are going to raise from these shirts are going to help those who came before us, who've served our country and deserve this help. So if you don't want to buy a shirt for yourself, buy one for someone else, buy their wonderful shirts. Uh, If you don't want to buy the shirt for anybody else, donate to veterans to Vets Canada you can find them online that's canada vets canada all one word donate to them they do wonderful work so that that's that's my two cents so um i just want to thank everyone for listening and um please remember if you are talking about it so are we EBS unfiltered has special sponsors Uh, Go to SeatGiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event SeatGiant sells. Use the code UNFILTERED20. Save 35% on your fees. Go to BuiltBar.ca and save 10% using the code UNFILTERED20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle. And use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. Mm -hmm. And for a special promo until Christmas, Habs Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514SHIRTS. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to end veterans' homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt.